The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And then McQuaid gave it away, two on one. Ratty with Drysundle. Drysundle hits the trailer, gets it back. One timer score! Set up by McDavid. And that's 40 for Leon Drysundle. Edmonton running. Columbus right out of the building. It's 3 0. Milestone day for Leon Dreisaitl. He also adds two assists as the Edmonton Oilers in control throughout the game this afternoon. Take down the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-0. Connor McDavid had three assists. Alex Chason got his 18th of the season to break a 21-game goalless drought. Miko Koskinen with 30 saves for his fourth shutout of the season and his first on the road. Good game for the Oilers as they win their second in a row and they go to 4-1-2 and in their last seven. Thanks a lot for joining us this afternoon. It is 148. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Well, strong game for the Oilers, Rob. They were on top of it early and they stayed on top of it. And Dreisaitl, the individual story today, he continues his amazing run. He has a 10-game point streak, 15 points during that time, and he gets his 40th goal. There's been so many games as of late where Leon's been the best player in the game. And that's in games that Connor's addressed as well. Uh, he's taken it to another level. And not only offensively, it's the defensive part of his game that uh, it continues to improve as well. Uh, the back check, uh, creating turnovers. And the goal that he scored today was all on a turnover. He's in the neutral zone, forcing the Columbus player who makes a bad play, but he still has to knock the puck out of the air and then goes and has the patience to wait for his buddy Connor to get up there for the two-on-one. Leon was exceptional tonight, and I thought this was, and we talked about right after the game, this was may have been the Oilers' best game of the season. At no point in this game tonight, that I think the, or today, that I think that the Columbus Blue Jackets had a chance of coming back. They, the Oilers absolutely smothered them, giving up zero good scoring chances. And because of that, they walk away with a 4-0 victory. Final shots, 30-24 for the Blue Jackets. Sergei Bobrovsky started for Columbus. He was pulled after the second period, allowed four goals on 19 shots. Jonas Corposalo played the third period. The Oilers uh, only had five shots on goal in the third. He stopped all of them. Both teams 0-for-1 on the power play. There wasn't a penalty call until the third period. Cassian gets his 10th. And Josh Curry, nice story here. He gets his second of the season set up by Drysaddle and McDavid. Well, it was the rotating right wings tonight for, for the Oilers. Every time Cassian scores a goal playing with McDavid and, and, and Drysaddle, then after that, every time he went off, whoever came out scored. Curry did, Chason did. But Curry was a nice play. He just went to the net. You saw him battling with someone. When you're battling in front of the net, you can allow your body to be taken, but make sure you keep your stick so you can able to use your stick to deflect for rebounds, anything like that. And he did a good job. And I don't know if Leon was shooting at the stick or was shooting just to get the puck around the stick, but he nailed it right on. And Curry, a nice deflection, gets behind Bobrovsky. 
Curry continues to impress as he's trying to cement himself as a, a, a guy that can play in the National Hockey League on a consistent basis. 4 nothing, the Oilers win it over Columbus. Oh, just one short of the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Whenever Edmonton gets to five or more in a game, you can go to the website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Miko Koskinen, the shutout, 30 saves today. Pretty solid from him. I thought his best work probably came in the first period. His fourth shutout of the season and uh, his first one away from Rogers Place. Yeah, hey, you need good goaltending when you're playing against teams that uh, you know have more skill than you. And this is a Columbus team that is all in for their quest of a Stanley Cup. And tonight... He didn't get tested a lot, but when he was tested, he looked comfortable, he looked calm. And I can tell you from experience, when you look back at your goaltender and he looks like he knows what's going on, it gives you a little sense of relief on the bench. And uh, he's played very well ever since, uh, and, you know, Bob and Jack talked about it, since the trade of Talbot, Koskinen's played well, and he played well again tonight. And the Oilers need, and we've talked about it a lot, if they want to get in this playoff uh, race, if they want to be a playoff team, it's still outside looking in, and the chances are very slim. But we've said that they need to get on a run, and it'd have to be something like they've done earlier in the year, 9-2-2 two, two or something along that line. Well, they're halfway through this. It's, what are they, 4-1-2? Four, 4-1-2 one one two. Two in their last seven. So they are halfway towards what they needed to, de- to do. And uh, they got a big game in Buffalo, which gets a team that's struggling. Then they get to come home. And on that home strand, there's te- games that they could and should win. So uh, it's still a long way... To, to think about, but they are five points out only, and they are playing very good hockey. Alex Chason scored the fourth goal today. He gets his 18th of the season. He had been stuck on 17 for a long time. He'd gone 21 games without a goal, and a huge sigh of relief. You could feel it watching on TV when he was able to bag that pass for McDavid. And it, it's always tough for a player in, in a scoring slump, and, and I know because I've been there. But it's magnified when you're on a ex, an expiring contract and you don't know where your next contract's going to come from. I mean, he's a guy that came to training camp this year on a tryout and, and has made the most of it. But every game that went by where he didn't score, there's going to be thoughts in his head. You know what? What if I don't score again this year? Am I going to get a contract? Am I going to have to go somewhere else on a tryout next year? They all go through your head. So you could see the relief when he put the puck in the net. He is still playing well. He has the trust of the coaching staff because even despite he has not scored in 21 games coming into tonight's game, he was getting 17, 18, 19, 20 minutes a night. So they like the things he's doing away from the puck, but this was a big goal for him, and hopefully this will give him a little bit of confidence for the remainder of the season. Oilers win it 4 nothing. Let's go back to Columbus and hear from Alex Chason. The skill set those two have is uh, tremendous. And, um, they've done a great job a great job in the uh, past couple of games, but tonight they uh, they got us going. And, um, I think four goals they were on the ice for. So, uh, seven points, yeah. Seven points between them. Something like that. So you guys, I mean, the gap's five points now, which is, you know, still a gap, but yeah. eight, seven. Hey, there's a lot of, uh, was there 17 games left? Yeah. Um, we're all playing, you know, 17 playoff games for us. Um, and we can't look 2-4. Uh, we, we can only focus on what we can control. And right now, that's Buffalo Monday night. And... 
I think if, if that mindset and uh, we keep our energy level up and um, everyone's buying in and um, playing the right way, we have a chance and that's on us and that's for us to, with everything that's gone so bad this season, it's pretty, it's kind of neat, you know, at, where we're at right now in the standing. So um, opportunities like this don't come up every year. Um, playoff hockey is the best. Um, so let's embrace this and move forward. Alex, uh, sorry, just jumping in a little late. Uh, with that celebration, was it uh, just a pure sense of relief uh, on an individual standpoint? Yeah, it obviously, uh, it had been uh, 29... Uh, I think 20 games since my last goal. So, um, like I said earlier, I, I, I think I've I've had some good looks lately, and it's just hasn't uh, been going in for me. But um, hopefully, this one tonight just gives me a little more freedom, just to play with my instinct and a little more freedom, and, um, just to play the game, not trying to be so robotic out there. And hopefully, I can carry that momentum. Uh, into Monday nights and the remainder of the season. What have you seen from Josh Curry? Obviously, he got on the board once again. Seems like he has a nose for the net. Yeah, he's uh, he works uh, works hard, a, um, and then he goes to the hard areas, and that you can't teach that in this league. Either you play on the perimeter or you play inside, and he plays inside, and we need guys like that. Um, hats off to him. He's, he's come in and he's done. Um, He's done his job. He's contributing to the success of the team. He's playing the right way. He's bringing energy level that, you know, we, we needed. Uh. That is Alex Chase on a little comment there on Josh Curry at the end, and absolutely good for Curry to score this afternoon. Drysaddle gets his 40th Rob, a stat here put out by the NHL PR department in Oilers franchise history, scoring 40 goals in 65 games or fewer. Today was the Oilers' 65th game of the season. Gretzky did it seven times. Yari Curry did it four times. Messier did it twice. Anderson did it twice. Jimmy Carson did it in his only year in Edmonton. He had 65, or pardon me, he had 40 in 55 games, and Dreisaitl does it today. So he's up there with players from a completely different uh, era, a lot more scoring when a lot of those guys played. Well, and he's up there with some guys with some pretty big names. I think he can see some of those banners hanging in, in Rogers right now. Uh, it, it's been an incredible season for Leon Dreisaitl. Um, uh, we've talked about it. There's maybe three or four games over the course of the year that he might want back. And at most nights, he's either the first or second best player on the ice. I thought he was excellent again tonight. Uh, yes, Connor makes him a better player, but he certainly makes Connor a better player as well. So, uh, Leon is one of the main reasons that this Oilers team is pushing for a playoff spot. When Connor was out, the, the Oilers could have folded. They didn't. They got on the back of Leon Dreisaitl, got points in games where Connor wasn't there. Another great game and another nice milestone for Leon Dreisaitl, but I don't think it's over yet. He needs 10 goals for 50, and I would not count him out of getting 50 goals this year. He had a couple other great chances tonight that he didn't capitalize on. 17 games to go for the Oilers, so Dreisaitl would need 10 goals in his final 17 games. He also has 16 power play goals, and the Oilers' team record 
for power play goals in a season is shared by Wayne Gretzky and Ryan Smith at 20. So Dreisaitl has a chance at uh, that record as well. I mean, obviously, you know, you want the team to make the playoffs. That's the priority. They they have a chance, a very outside chance, but the individual for milestones for Dreisaitl are going to be a story as well. Well, they're going to be a story because if he gets those milestones, it certainly they're, helps they're their chances of being more, a yeah. playoff team. So uh, Leon has done everything he's needed to do and, and more so. And I think he's actually brought his game to a level that I'm not sure everyone was expecting him to get to. But now he's doing it on a consistent basis. He was excellent. And anyone that's... When we have had people actually question his speed over the years on our show, there was a shorthanded play today that he took a face-off in his own end and turned it into a breakaway. And a break... Not just a partial... Like a clear-cut breakaway. He's got world-class speed. Good afternoon for the Oilers. They get a 4 nothing win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Our phone lines are open at 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. You'll also hear from Miko Koskinen, who gets the shutout this afternoon, and also from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, another solid game for him. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We are coming back after the 2 o'clock news and weather. For more, Canadian Brewhouse, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Shutout for the Edmonton Oilers, a 4-0 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. The big names with big games. McDavid with three assists. Dreisaitl gets his 40th goal, adds two helpers. He's plus three on the day. McDavid was plus four. And the Oilers go to 28-30-7 on the season. At the moment, they are five points out of a playoff spot. That could change pending results later on today. We'll break down that picture as we move along. You can get us at 780-496-0063, but before we go to the phones, back to Columbus. Here's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. Four goals tonight. Yeah, it was another good team performance. I mean, you don't have to have the best players in the league to be successful. You need to have the best team, and that's what we're proving night in and night out. We've got a hell of a team going on right now, and we're not going to let go of the rope. And um, you don't know how long it comes takes to come together, but this this group is very tight and very cohesive with our game right now. And we want to keep it going, and you're seeing a lot of a lot of things. Uh, people making sacrifices, and uh, uh, you know the big guys are showing up, and we need them. But there's other guys contributing in little ways that really help us win hockey games now. This is a pretty big road trip for you guys, the longest one of the season. Uh, you guys have an opportunity to make it three one and one. Uh, how important is that for your well, club? There's two things. First of all, we have have the most home games of anybody when we come back which is substantial you know that's huge we're five points out um, and we're in we're in a really good spot mentally our team is in a really good spot and we don't know what we're going to do but if we continue to be the type of team we are right now we're going to be really hard out and that's that was the goal and i said that to people two weeks ago we keep playing at this level eventually the hockey gods help you and that's exactly what's going on now and we've been at this level for almost a month and it didn't show up in the wins but now it's starting to show up in the wins even they've had opportunities to say you know this isn't our year they never did they, they yeah. kept scrapping throughout the whole thing that's what a team is and I you know everybody I not everybody but people bitch and complain about what we don't have well all we got is a team 
So to me, you you got to you got to give us that. Like you can complain what we don't have. We got America League this or whatever, but what we got is a damn team and a good one. And we're we're not going to be easy to play against for the rest of the year. Hitch coming out firing. He likes what he sees out of his team, and there may not be belief outside of the dressing room. It's funny, and Connor McDavid talked about it a long, long time ago. He said that there was belief in the dressing room, that they could be a playoff hockey club, and they're playing like it right now. And obviously they still need help, but all they can control is what they put on, what kind of effort they bring each and every night. And in the last 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games, They've brought a very, very good effort. And sometimes uh, the bounces go your way, sometimes they don't, but they're putting themselves in position to get points because of the way they're playing. So uh, I, they're taking it one game at a time. That's all they can do. And right now their focus is on Buffalo. And if they do win that Buffalo game, that's a heck of a road trip. And a road trip against very good hockey clubs that they easily could have gone one and four if you look at the teams they were playing against. They, on the other hand, can go, what, 3-1-1 one, and one on this road trip? Yeah, 2-1-1 one, and one right now. So they go 3-1-1 one, and one on a road trip against four very good hockey clubs, and then they set themselves up coming home. Going to be interesting to see Buffalo on Monday, and Buffalo does play tonight, Rob, but I often go back to that mid-December range because that was where it changed for a lot of teams. Edmonton was doing well, dropped off. Ottawa was doing okay, but really dropped off. Anaheim... Uh, Anaheim and Edmonton both had 39 points in mid-December. Uh, Anaheim's now behind the Oilers, and Buffalo was another team. They were 19 and nine with a couple of uh, overtime losses. They're 10, 17, and three in their last 30 games. So if you look at that chunk of the season, I mean the Oilers is a similar record, obviously, but uh, you know Buffalo is not playing as well as they were earlier in the year. Well, this is the the thing about a, an 82 game schedule that eventually after 82 games you normally have the teams that belong in the playoffs and the teams that don't. There can be teams that have nice spurts, nice little runs, can show flashes of brilliance, but when you put it over an entire season, you normally get the best teams coming out on top, and I think that's what we're seeing. The Oilers want to be one of those best teams. They've had flashes this year. This is their third nice little run. They want to continue this run, and they're going to have to because they're going to still have to make up points, but uh, they're going against a Buffalo team that hasn't been the same. And Buffalo made a little bit of a trade. They picked up a good defenseman out of, uh, from Anaheim, a guy that can still move the puck up and get up and play quickly, Monador. Uh, but they just, I don't know if they've got the depth when you start looking at all the other Eastern Conference teams. I don't think they have the depth to be one of those top top eight teams yet, and the Buffalo or in the Edmonton Oilers can take advantage of that. Four nothing. The Oilers win in Columbus. Koskinen gets a thirty save shutout. You'll hear from him in a few minutes. You can get us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Gary on the line. Hey Gary, go ahead. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Wow, this <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen the Oilers in an early game to dominate so much, uh, especially in the second period. <laughs> They just had the puck on, on their stick for a minute and a half over the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Perrin got nothing, too. And uh, that, that's a big win. I mean, there's hope here yet, gentlemen, five points out, um, which makes the game tonight. And I'm not a Calgary Stadium fan, definitely, as most Oilers are not, but I guess in this case, being that they're retiring number 12 there, Jerome Ginna, uh, one of my favorite players, too, even though he didn't play for, even though he plays for the uh, building opponents uh, in Calgary. But uh, if <laughs> if we can uh, hope that Calgary can win tonight, not giving a, a point to them uh, to the win so wild that we're in good shape. And um, Monday game's important too. Uh, Jack Eichel against Connor McDavid. I think it's going to be a very big game of year. We can uh, win um, 
three of the five games. It's disappointing uh, we, we lost against Toronto. We're going to get a good game playing against them. The extra point we lost in the uh, shootout against um, um, uh, Nashville would have been helpful. Food. But you know what? It was 17 games left. I guess uh, you could take it where you can. Um, coming back home against Vancouver for four games, that's, that's going to be a big game. And if we can put a run together at home, I think we're in good standing. And the only question I have right now is, uh, Jujar Kara, uh, what's the status of him at this point in time? Yeah, thanks, Gary. Well, Hitch hasn't updated him since shortly before they went on the road trip, and he said he wouldn't be available on the road trip. So I think probably once they get back to Edmonton, they play Monday, so I imagine Tuesday will be off, probably practice Wednesday, and then maybe there'll be some information on Kara. But the, the orders, ha- the orders, actually, Hitch didn't say anything why he was out, but earlier he'd mentioned that he had a bit of a, a foot issue. So it'd be nice to get him back and have another option up front. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you would really tinker too much with what's going on right now because the players that they got in there are playing very, very well. But Jujar Kara, I think, in the second half of the season, we've seen him again take strides going forward, much more confident with the puck and just the big physical presence that he brings each and every night. All right, Oilers win 4 nothing over the Columbus Blue Jackets. It is a shutout for Miko Koskinen, his fourth of the season. Here he is. Great feeling after win, and uh, it doesn't matter if it's six five or four nothing. It's win is a win, but especially so happy how the team played in front of me, and no, that was cool. Chance to, to go three, uh, three one and one on this trip, which is a pretty good road trip. Yeah, we have uh, we have put, put ourselves we're a little bit behind from the playoff spot, but we're still fighting. Like um, I think we still think have a chance, and everything is possible. Uh, Miko, you guys have been getting uh, contributions throughout the lineup. Zach Cassie and Josh Curry, obviously the two big guys in dry side of McDavid. Uh, what's it like, or how instrumental is that, rather, to your guys' success on the ice? Sorry? How instrumental is that? How important is that, that you're getting contributions from different players? I guess it's nice, but, you know, I all the thing what I can worry about is myself and do my do my best every day and the whole team played today like really well like I didn't I didn't have to do much much today D was awesome the all the forwards were awesome like we played great team team effort today uh, personally you seem like you're in a little bit of a groove right now too how are you feeling right now in the crease well, it feels good like every time when we're winning it's a, it's a fun and uh, that's why we play for the win and uh, it's fun that is Miko Koskinen, 30 saves this afternoon for the shutout. Interesting road trip for him. Thought he was solid in Nashville, solid in Ottawa. Obviously, the shutout today, the Toronto game, tough for everybody, in, including him. But he's got to be the backbone here for the Oilers. And look, I know there's we had Keith Gretzky on a trade deadline day, and Anthony Stellars is the backup goalie. He has to have 10 appearances of 30 minutes or more for him to be an RFA. If he doesn't get to that threshold, he's a UFA. I don't think he's going to... No. Have to have, he'd have to make nine more appearances. Yeah, I, well, he'd have to get nine more. So in the, the next six or seven Oiler games, they've got to become eventually or completely out of it for him to start playing. Then he'd have to play every game remaining. Right. So no, uh, the Oilers are trying to make the playoffs. And he will be... I mean, becomes unrestricted. We could still sign him <laughs> if yeah, we like him. Yeah. But uh, no, they are not focused anything on getting him games they're simply focused on getting points yeah, and Gary was was talking about you know the upcoming schedule we got like it's still going to be an extremely 
it's, it's still an extreme long shot for the Oilers to make the playoffs. I mean, basically, they have so they have 17 games left. Really, they can't have more than four regulation losses. They got to get and they got to win most of them. Obviously, I mean, mm-hmm. the it was 1.2 percent on that website I go to Sports Club stats coming into this game. It'll depend on the results later today. I mean, one of the things that's going to happen, there's going to be three or four teams that they're going to be chasing. Right. The, the three teams that are in it, and probably Arizona and Chicago, those teams are going to play against each other over the remainder of the season where they're automatically getting points, one of those two teams. And every then there'll be a night that the others don't win, and then two of the teams will win that night too. So it's not, it's not um, highly likely, but they are making noise. And they have put together a bit of a streak. Unfortunately for them, the streak has to be longer than any streak they've yeah. had this season. But the way they're playing now, as opposed to the way they were playing a month ago, they actually are giving themselves legitimate chances to win each and every hockey game, and that's all you can ask for. All right, 4 nothing over Columbus today, 780-496-0063. We have Phil on line three. Go ahead, Phil. Guys, where's all this positive energy coming from? What do you mean? <laughs> well, three weeks ago we were hearing nothing but negative is what I was saying, and now I'm hearing nothing but positive. But uh, anyways, looking forward on the schedule, um, we've got a real good fighting chance up until the last four games. The last four games are going to be tough. We've got, uh, who have we got here? We've got Calgary, we've got uh, Vegas, we've got San Jose, and we've got Cal- Colorado. Yeah. Up until then, I think we stand a really good chance to... Uh, in a fighting position and you know what that's kind of the way that our our, our season has gone all year we'd, we'd fight and we'd get behind and then we'd fight and we'd struggle and we'd get ourselves into a playoff position and then some goofy thing would happen and knock us out um, you know set us back on our heels again this could be the last gasp and you know what guys I think it's doable well, like we said, it's. I mean, it's still basically. It's still very difficult, but they're not out of it until they're mathematically out of it. I, I'm just being, Phil. I got to be honest with you, man. I don't think I'm being negative or positive. I think I'm being realistic. They played well today, so we're going to talk about why they played well. But like Phil, you just talked about how it's been so up and down this season. How realistic do you think it is they go 12-4 and one in 17 games? Like what? Well, looking at looking at the schedule. Looking at the schedule, I would I would give it a uh, I would give it a fifty fifty. Really? Okay. Yep. Okay. I, that's I, fair. That's that's, 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 that's that's twelve and f- so that means they finish the season off sixteen five and three. That's a heck of a record. Yeah. For a team that I, I hope I hope they so do. I hope and, they and, and if if the Oilers if they if they go to that last week of the season those final four games. With a shot to make it, that's going to be really exciting. Like, you look really at, you exciting. Look at, you look at the rest of the league. How many? And you guys alluded to that earlier. Somebody alluded to it earlier. How many teams this year have been written off and bounced back, and now are contenders? True. Well, St. Louis and Chicago, but in the they, West. but they did. Ha- but those two teams did have sixty games to do it, not seventeen. Look at the Islanders. The Islanders at one time at the early in the season were right at the bottom of the standing. Well, uh, very early. So was Vegas. But yeah, it, but that's why Phil, and I'm sure you know this, that's why they use that. A lot of people will refer to that American Thanksgiving cutoff because almost every year 
it is 13 or 14 of the teams who are in the playoffs at American Thanksgiving wind up getting in. So, hey, Phil, I, I love how you're always saying good stuff and you think they can do it, and I, I hope they can do it. But another problem is, too, there's a lot out of their control. Like tonight, they got to sit around and watch Arizona play and Minnesota play. If, if one of those teams wins, that puts the Oilers further out of a playoff spot or I guess they don't make up any ground on a day that they won a game. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible, man. I'm just saying well, it is ex- it's extremely difficult. Because like I said, if they lose more than four games in regulation, that's probably like... Well, and then too, and I, and I don't have it right in front of me, but if Arizona wins tonight and they play a game that they should win, they the Oilers fall six behind, correct? Yes. So if that means... Yeah, they'll be the, either five or six out because if Minnesota wins, that would yeah, drop Dallas down. But but if Arizona wins though, they're six behind. The Oilers are now four, what are they four four one and two in their last seven games? Yeah. So that is a great pace. But in those games that they went four one and two, they will have picked up zero points in the standings. But f- f- I think Phil, and I know we still have you in the line, Phil. And I th- let me let me ask if this was you're saying, Phil. They have to beat. Every team that's out of it, they got to jump on New Jersey. They got to jump on Anaheim when they play them. They got to jump on the Rangers when they play them. And some of these teams will lose interest a little bit, but they cannot. And I'll get your thoughts on this, Phil. They cannot slip up against a team in their neighborhood in the standings. They cannot slip up a single game. You know what? That's that's a fair comment, and uh, and it's about attitude in the dressing room and and uh, the winning the winning feeling. Um, which makes that it, it, not only that possible, but when you have that confidence in your, in your goaltender, confidence in your teammates, and, and working as a team, which is, like I said, what I've been seeing starting to happen since the All-Star break, then not only do you have the confidence to go after these teams that are lower that you're expected to beat, but you also have the confidence to maybe beat a Vegas every once in a while, you know, or maybe beat Calgary. It's doable. It's doable, but I mean, Thanks, again, so. it's a 2% chance right now. And actually... I disagree a little bit with what he said. I don't think the four games at the end are going to be the toughest. Because the game against Calgary, Calgary at that point, that game's probably going to mean nothing to Calgary. The game against Vegas, that game's probably going to mean absolutely nothing to Vegas. The game against, was it San Jose? San Jose is the final home game. That might might mean absolutely nothing to San Jose. All those teams might be cemented in their playoff positioning that those games mean nothing and they rest players. Or they play their backup goalie. Or it's a game that they go into the game knowing, you know what, I don't want to get hurt before a playoff game. So if the Oilers are still around, those four games don't scare me as much as the games leading up to it. Well, they got to get there. No, that's, I agree. That's what we're talking I agree. About. So, Again, so I like, hope they get there. So do I. But, I mean, they, they could, they're 4-1-2. That is a great record in their last seven games. That is a great record. And if Arizona wins today, they will have made up zero points in the standings during this streak. Fair point. So shows you how good you have yeah, to play and they, how much they, they luck gotta, you need. They got to do it for this entire stretch. They yep. got to do it for well, they just started it, so they got to do it for. And they need luck. Yeah, and you need like no games to go to overtime. You need teams. You, you got to cheer for the East. You need teams. You got to cheer for the East teams and yeah. the teams higher in the standing in the West all the time. Well, and you need teams for Arizona and Chicago and Minnesota and Dallas to to, to lose to teams below them in the standings. 
Yeah. They've got to be upset in games for the Oilers to have any chance. Yeah. Well, I uh, but I do hope it comes down to that. So I, do I. I hope it's dramatic and exciting. I hope, I hope the end. last four games of the season mean well, something. Yeah. Four nothing. The Oilers win today. We're going to go to Boston and bring in a young man by the name of Scott. Hey, Scott. What's up, guys? What's up? Thanks for taking my call. I don't like calling two games in a row, but I can't help myself. I'm excited. I am. Now, real quick, before I get to my points, Reed, I'm watching right now. You tell me if this is good or bad news. The Kings are up 2 to nothing on Chicago. Is that good or ba- uh, bad for Edmonton? Very, very good news. That's probably good because it's on. Two the, nothing. the Kings are nine points behind Edmonton, and Edmonton cool. and Chicago now have the same number of points. So it would be nice yep. if uh, Chicago got another one in the loss column there. That's a live update. I'm watching it right now. Okay, here we go. I'm going to burn through a few points in 45 seconds and then kill 15 seconds with trivia with Rob Reed if I'm great at the time. Yes. Here we go. Edmonton, great road win. 4-1-1 last six games. I'm telling you, they're going in the right direction. They are surging. I want to see this team in the playoffs. More importantly, I want to see McDavid in the playoffs. That kid deserves to be under the spotlight. I watched the third period on the NHL Network. Columbus announcers were doing the game. Know what he said after the game, the Columbus announcer? You guys wouldn't be privy to this. Know what he said, the Columbus announcer? He goes, after watching Edmonton today, I can't believe they're not hiring the standings. So I'm telling you, this team is capable of making a run at it. Now, here we go. Buffalo's next. Buffalo is at Toronto tonight. Hockey night in Canada, Saturday night. Buffalo's going to be all in tonight. Major emotion. They're going to be for the taking on Monday night. Edmonton can beat them, and I think they will beat them on Monday night. I'm telling you. If you slow down Eichel, who's a Boston kid, I love him. I watched him in high school and college. Awesome player. You slow him down, you slow down Buffalo. I'm almost there. Here we go. Winning breeds winning which breeds confidence, which breeds more winning. So it's a snowball effect. As Edmonton wins 4-1-2, and two, boom, all of a sudden confidence, everyone's feeling good. Other teams go, who's this team? But this team may go on a little run and make it interesting. Um, let's see if Edmonton can stream together. I want to see a seven-game win streak and make this interesting. In closing before trivia. Hold on a sec. Oh, I already said that. I'm sorry. All right, do you actually time. make notes, Scott? I actually do have talking Hand points. Handwritten or on a typewriter? Does that make me awful or cool? Well, it or makes whatever. you smart. Makes you well. I wouldn't say cool. Makes well, you, I makes do you not organized. cool. Bad word. <laughs> well, no, it is. No, not. I do have the cool. Like I'm 16 years old. It I mean, makes like, you prepared. Very prepared. Yes, that's good. Me, no, yeah. No, because when I'm on hold, sometimes you forget what you want to say. So I, I have talking points. I, I have that same problem. While you talk, I sometimes forget how I'm going to rebuttal. Right, right. No, well, it is by pen, you know. But yeah, you should see. I have notes. I, I take it serious uh, being on the air. I do here in Boston as well. I just really am excited. I think this team is capable of going on a 10-1-2 run and making it interesting. I'm telling you. LA's up 2 nothing. You, I don't even know who the hell I'm rooting for. Who, who am I rooting for tonight or against? You are uh, voting for, for Calgary tonight, and you are voting for the Detroit Red Wings tonight, and you're voting for the St. Louis Blues tonight. All right, Scott, trivia time, buddy. Okay. Now, Rob, this is going to be very easy or a little too stupid and obscure, but it's a Gretzky one. I'm the biggest Gretzky <laughs> fan ever, great. in case you haven't noticed. Here we go. How many years, which is obviously an NHL record, did Wayne Gretzky win the at Ross beginning in, and I don't have to tell this to you, Canadian, beginning in 81, but that means lead the league in scoring, in case there's any images out there who don't know what the at Ross How many times did he lead it in scoring? How, I, how now I'm guessing. In a row? I'm, no, 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 how no, many no, years no. in a row? How many years in a row, which is what makes it such a beautiful thing, which is what, by the way, while you're thinking, this is my go-to stat when I argue with my buddies who think Lemieux's the best ever, and my father who passed a couple years ago, he says Orr was the best ever, obviously. A Bobby Orr was my favorite hockey player. He was. Who was the best ever? That's a separate conversation. Yeah, so you know, the, uh, yeah we'll have that one another day. I'm going to go when with... Say he ch- he, he changed the game. Which Bo- I guess Bobby, to me, Bobby Orr was the greatest player that ever played. All right, what's, well, what's, 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 my dad would love you. All right, so how many years in a row did Gretzky win the And this is just a guess. I'm going to guess seven. Answer, seven. Seriously? What do we win? Nice. 
81 to 87. He won the Yacht Ross. Think how sick that is. I and mean, that is you obnoxious. won in uh, 88, didn't he? Oh, Who did? Ah, jeez, you're bouncing it back to me. Uh, no, Lemieux came in. I already Lemieux know. Lemieux, Lemieux won in 88 because I heard he had some, he, I heard he had yeah, some yeah. really good winner, wingers. Rob, you know what I say to that? <laughs> Who, the, who the hell? Oh, did you actually play with Lemieux on the line? I didn't know that. Well, how, well, how do you think he won the scoring game? title? Come on, Scott you, yeah. from Boston. That's how Lemieux hold on, hold on, hold on. One more comment, one more comment. Uh, no, no, it's funny. We said, is it Lemieux? It's like, who the hell else would it be? But um, do, here's a fun fact. This is funny. Yeremy Yaga, I loved him when he came up. Do you know his last name, uh, excuse me, first name, Yerima? If you rearrange the letters, it spells Mario Jr.? That's right. That's awesome. That is kind of funny. I, thought, I always thought that was kind of cool. Scott, All see right, you, buddy. Guys, let's go, Edmonton. I, I got faith. I'm not giving up yet, boys. That is Scott in Boston. He's excited. Hopefully you are, too. The Oilers get a big win, 4 nothing over the Blue Jackets. More time for your phone calls. You'll also hear from the Nuge, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Worked around the boards in front. Anderson, a back hitter. What a save made by Koskinen kicking out the right pass. The pad as well. Now a shot by Jones and Koskinen locked in, makes another stop. His 26th of the afternoon. He winds up stopping 30. That's his save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Loop. Get winter ready at jiffyloopservice.ca. Koskinen, the shutout, Edmonton 4, Columbus nothing. Good game for the Oilers, and I would say an off day for Columbus. John Tortorella wants the up tempo pressure hockey. They did not play that way. Today they went out and got Duchesne and does it, I didn't notice. I think I might have heard his name once. Dzingle on the broadcast. Duchesne had a couple of good good. Couple, yeah, I mean early in the game he made a really nice play. Walked around, got Russell flat foot and walked in on him. But honestly, I don't think Duchesne or Panarin or Dzingle or or even Dubois, their, their main guys. I don't didn't see a whole lot of them. And I think that's partly. I thought the the Blue Jackets look sloppy. Uh, especially coming out of their own zone. A lot of bad passes. I mean, one terrible pass that created the two-on-one and the dry settle goal. But I also think the others did a very good job job of clogging up the, the middle, not giving the opportunities, uh, taking away option, taking away fa- uh, passing lanes. It was a very good game by the Edmonton Oilers. Now, this Columbus team has gone all in. Yeah. Uh, and they are not a, a sure thing to be a playoff team. And this could be... It's going to go two, one or two ways. I mean, this team could go on a long run because they are talented and they do, they are deep. But if this team misses the playoffs, Columbus, and all of a sudden they have five or six, I thought my son actually said seven unrestricted free agents that walk away for nothing at the end of the year, that, and you got nothing for them, that's going to blow up in the face of this, this team and this general manager. I think John Tortorella's job is on the line if this team does not make the playoffs with the lineup that it has. I think John Tortorella's uh, contract and job security is on the line as well. Well, they traded for three UFAs. Yep. Uh, the two guys from Ottawa. And Panarin is one, and McQuaid is one, who they traded for. Yeah. Bobrovsky and Kinkade. Well, they also traded for Kinkade. Kinkade. Yeah, so I think it's seven unrestricted free agents. So, so yeah, they, gave up, they gave up stuff for four, and they didn't get anything for the free agents that they had. So that was, like, you are really counting on having a playoff run because if you don't, 
then you really set yourself back for the next couple of years. What do you think of Tortorella? I referenced the athletic player poll during the intermission when I asked you about underrated and overrated players, and one of the questions was, which coach, other than your own, would you least want to play for? Tortorella was first, and actually Hitch was second. Mm-hmm. But Hitch, or, but Tortorella was also in the top five of who would you most want to play for? Um, I, I, I've never liked his theatrics. Um, I mean, for the the example when he went after, I think it was because he coached oh, in Vancouver, Vancouver and Calgary, Calgary thing. That I, was yeah. Yeah, I mean that's just that's theatrical. Because I mean that's one where you're looking for it, it's about him on that one. Because he wasn't actually gonna go in there. He was just wanted everyone to think. And I look at me, I'm tough, but I wasn't really gonna do anything type of thing. I'm not a huge fan though. I've got a, a really good buddy of mine that's the skills coach for Columbus, and he he loves him. He said that he. You see a side of him on the bench, but there is another side of him that is just an incredible person that's away from the rink. And he's told me a lot of good stories about him. So when I heard that, I thought, okay, maybe I won't be as hard on him. But he coaches a lot like Hitch, mm-hmm. where he is hard on the players. He is demanding. He, he's, he's loud. And eventually, that wears on players. And that's why there's a lot of players that will vote for those kind of coaches that, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a shelf life for demanding coaches. Oilers win 4 nothing over the Blue Jackets. We have AJ on line two. Hey, AJ, go ahead. Hey, guys. It's been a long time since I spoke with you. Okay. Yeah, just want to make a few comments on the game and, uh, and past game there. Um, first off, when McDavid got the flu and the Oilers played without him and they lost in overtime, that was the first time in a couple of years that I've actually seen a team play for each other, eh? And I mentioned that at work with all the guys, eh? Like, you got to play for each other. Well, and, and Hitch, sec- has been, Hitch has been hammering that point, too. And then secondly, uh, in their own end, they've been like, since that point, they've been doing a lot better, and it, it, it's been building every game. Other than, uh, other than that episode in the second period in Toronto where they let in all those goals... They've been solid here, you know, but like the fan from Boston there, <laughs> uh, Robert De Niro guy, um, <laughs> um, we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. If they take this one game at a time like the 06 team, and I'm not saying they're anything like the 06 team, but one game at a time, don't start looking down the schedule at who you're playing at April 20-whatever or April 5th. Start looking at the next game. Just worry about the next team, and you know, like, just build, build, build a game around that next game, and that's it. Never look ahead of the schedule. But they, they're looking excellent. Like you know, they're really playing hard for each other. And when you play good, honest hockey, good, honest results end up turning out. They had a few bad bounces where they lost in overtime in the shootout, but playing honest. Look at what happened. We had a nice game today, four nothing. Didn't even see that coming. All right, AJ, we're going to finish the play with you, buddy, so I'll put you on hold so you can hear the clue. You have already won an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. You can book online, jetsetparking.com, self-park for as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. Here is the clue. Off the draw, clear, and chopped in by Alex Chasoff. Oilers come in 27, 30, and 7. Panarin looking to clear, but not out. Russell turned it over, and now it's a breakaway for Atkinson. 
All right, AJ. So Atkinson got a breakaway in the first period. Obviously, he did not score. Nurse broke it up. Was it a clean breakup or was Nurse hit with a penalty on the play? First period. Penalty. Do you want another guess? Uh, breakup. <laughs> yeah, clean breakup. That's what he meant. Yeah, that's what I meant, sorry. <laughs> All right, your name's going into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, fast-track indoor karting, safe adrenaline pumping fun, fasttrackkartingedmonton.com. Good points there by AJ, and absolutely, second period uh, disaster in Toronto. Last seven games, they've been hanging around in every game. Had a couple shootouts not go their way. They beat the Islanders in overtime. He referenced the play in their own end. I, you know, I wouldn't say the Oilers have a great defense core, um, but some of this does coincide with with Secker coming back and having both he and Clefbaum in the lineup. I mean, sure, Secker is coming back off the injury. I don't think he's what he was a couple of years ago, but he's still better than Gravel, Manning, Petrovich, some of the guys they've been using. Well, you added Clefbaum and Secker, two guys that have been the number one defenseman for the Oilers. Now Secker is not there anymore, but. Uh, you got Clefbaum, who's your best defenseman. You got Sakura, who gives you solid, dependable minutes. And you just compare them to a Manning or a, a Gravel or Petrovich or a Weidman or a Garrison or any of those players that have come in and tried to fill the boots. There is a huge, huge difference in, in those players. And you, when all of a sudden you've got, if those players are now, a Benning is playing higher. And a nurse is playing higher in the lineup. So now nurse is playing 27, 28, 29 minutes a night against the other team's best players. And the trickle-down effect, everyone's moving up, playing out of position. So adding those two guys to the lineup, it, it, it simply makes the, the others uh, significantly better. They get the pucks out of their own zone better. They don't stay in their own zone as long anymore. Uh, they don't have the five-bell mistakes. There's not... Uh, uh, and a snowball effect where, uh, you know, they'll they'll be behind the eight ball because they make a defensive miscue on one of these players that is playing that's playing above where he is. Then the next line comes out. Well, you're already starting your own zone, yep. and then you lose a face off. So now you're in the own zone for an extended period of time. Now you get caught on an icing. Now you're tired. All these things just keep snowballing to make it worse and worse and worse. And it all started with defensemen making mistakes because they were put in positions where they weren't capable of playing in. Uh, adding the two defensemen. This is the defense they should have had all season if they were healthy. Yep. And this season would have gone differently. Would they be a playoff team? I don't know. But they'd be a lot better in the standings had they had this defense the entire year. This is our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And with Sekera, you know, I don't think he moves as well as he did a couple of years ago, though he did make a, a nice play at the blue line to, just mm-hmm. to set up a play a couple of games ago. But he can pass. That, he, like, he hasn't lost that vision. His hockey IQ. He's smart. He, he, you never see him put himself in a position where he gets himself into trouble, where he boxes himself in. You'll see a defenseman come back into his own end, and he'll fake one way, and then he'll turn and put himself in a position. Okay, well, I'm going to run into the boards, but if I turn back this way, I'm going to run into that guy. Now I'm just going to throw the puck away, and it's a turnover. Sekra doesn't do that. He, he finds a simple play. If he comes back, okay, he assesses what his situation is. Well, right now the best play for me is to go off the glass and out, pucks out of our own zone, let's worry about it by their blue line. And he makes those kinds of decisions. He makes Benning a better defenseman. And Benning, again, had another strong game tonight. But now, all of a sudden, instead of Benning carrying a pair, playing with a Gravel or, or a Manning or something along that lines, Benning is playing with a guy who's got more experience, who's been a number one defenseman, who's 
frankly, a, a better defenseman. So now Benning doesn't have to carry a, carry a pairing, and they work well together. So uh, the Oilers' defense, uh, th I mean, they're going to have struggles at times, like all defensive groups do, but they are so much better off right now with the six they got playing for them on a consistent basis. 4 nothing, the Oilers win as we check the scoreboard, courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Just one other game going on in the NHL, and the Kings are beating Chicago 3 nothing late in the first, so that would help out the Oilers if the Kings hang on and win that one. Oil Kings at Rogers Place tonight, 7 o'clock, Game time. They're going to be taking on Brandon. The Oil Kings uh, need a couple points to clinch a playoff spot. They will get there, but they could get it done tonight. Golden Bears in Saskatoon for Game 2 against the Saskatchewan Huskies. They're down one nothing in the best of three Canada West Championship Series. Pandas host Manitoba at 7 at Claire Drake. Pandas won Game 1 of their Championship Series 3 nothing last night. Bakersfield will play San Jose tonight. The 17-game win streak ended last night with Iowa knocking off the Condors 1-0. And speaking of Oilers farm teams, in 92-93, the Oilers won the Calder Cup, the AHL title. That was the Cape Breton Oilers. Who was the head coach? Rob, do you remember this one? George Burnett. It was George Burnett. Sean knew that. His name goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card. Courtesy Alpine Credits, homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. 780-496-0063. We have Gary on the line. Hello, Gary. How's, how's it going, guys? I'm sorry I got a bit of a cold, but I had to just call in because I got up early this morning just so that I could watch the Oiler game on TV. But I wanted to make a, a couple of points. We have a winning formula now with our defense. We got all five guys coming back. We're standing up at the blue line. We're making the short passes breaking out. And we're bottling up the middle. And if we play smart hockey like that, there, like, I was thinking that we'd be way out on this uh, coming back, but with five points to go. This team, if it battles the way they, they did today with their checking, and they have desire for some reason, we were talking about this, Rob and Reed, that the team didn't have any desire. Well, if you look at the game today, it was a perfect game. It couldn't take anything away from the Oilers at all. So Bob Nicholson... Uh, and Keith Gretzky, I mean, we've got to keep Hitchcock. We've got to keep him for another year. I don't know why everybody's saying, you know, let's get get rid of the winningest coach in the NHL. I think that's totally wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't think he'll be back next year. That's just my personal opinion. Oilers win 4 nothing over the Blue Jackets. You'll hear from the Nuge in a couple of minutes. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 10. Columbus just can't extract the puck from its own end. McDavid ducks inside in front. What timer score? And Alex Chason's dry spell is over. The Russell pinch, the McDavid feed, and the Chason finish. Alex Chase on his 18th of the year. Finally, you could see how relieved he was when that one went in. He had not scored in 21 games. That was the fourth goal in a 4-0 Oilers victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Oilers go to 28-30-7 on the season. The Blue Jackets are now 36-25-3. You know, Rob, I, uh, I was talking yesterday on my show Inside Sports in the evening 
the Oilers' record by month. 6-4-1 in October, 6-7-1 in both November and December. Uh, November and December, five and six in January, just four, six and four in February. Obviously now one and zero in March. So remember all that talk. Oh, October's tough. That could kill their whole season. How are they going to survive that yeah. road trip, that trip to Europe? They play Nashville twice. They got to go into Boston. Mm-hmm. That's their best month of the season. They were fine coming out of October but, six four and one. But I do remember talking at that point, and I said that I thought it was better they're playing all the good teams at the beginning of the year because at the beginning of the year the gold, good teams aren't as good as they're going to get. Right. So you can catch those guys uh, before they start turning their seasons into the seasons that they're eventually going to have. Uh, yeah, I mean the others. The, the problem is the others. They have too many big slip ups where they do lose. Not just one game or two games. Or well, they've had be- two six-game yeah. losing streaks. That, that's one, what kills you. One regulation. Yes. They didn't get a point. The other one, they had a, an overtime loss. But. Uh, well, I mean, I, and I, I still go back to what you and I have talked about. The Oilers are in a group of about maybe 10, 12 teams in the National Hockey League that are right around the same. I mean, they can beat anyone on any night, but they also are capable of losing to anyone on any They're not an elite team yet, and they're a long ways away from being an elite team, but they still are capable of being around the playoff cut, and that's what we've seen. We, I mean, right at the beginning of the season, we both thought they would be wild-card teams, and that's what they're fighting for. So they are somewhere in the vicinity of what we expected, and hopefully they can have a little bit of a run and, and make make our, our preseason predictions come true by being a playoff team. Oilers win 4 nothing in Columbus. Ryan Nugent Hopkins took 19 face-offs today. He won 14 of them. Here he is. Was that almost ideal as it gets? I mean, yeah, it was a good 60 throughout the whole um, the whole game. I mean, uh, we started off well. Uh, we kind of dictated the pace right out of the gate, and uh, we stuck to it. Um, it was one of those games where we got a couple, and we just didn't lay off them. So um, it, was, it was good by us. Uh, I think we just built off last game and got to keep building here and uh, finish off the road trip right. A couple of milestones from uh, Leon and Connor. Uh, Leon uh, breaking the 80-point plateau. Connor, three straight 90-point seasons. Uh, what can you say about their success and and everything so far? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously good to see Leon hitting 40 goals as well. It's a huge accomplishment. So uh, good individually for those uh, two guys. But, um, I mean, obviously they helped us get a win tonight, and that's uh, that's the most important thing. I know that's uh, what they're caring about right now. And how about Josh Curry? I mean, uh, he's been up uh, a couple weeks with the team now. Scoring and get, getting on the board once again. Yeah, I mean he's he's got a nose for the net. Uh, he does. He plays hard and he plays tenacious, and he's got that uh, touch around the net. So I mean, when that puck's coming to him, he knows what to do. All right, that's the Nuge, and of course he's equal the career high in points. He did not get a point tonight. Drysaddle, 40 goals, 81 points. McDavid, three assists today. He's up to 90 points. So those three players continue to be big stories on the year. And they were mentioning too, Ovechkin. Another 45-goal season. No one's ever done it for as many years in a row as he had, and most of this through an era where it's been relatively low scoring compared to some other eras. It's incredible. Well, what's so amazing about Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, because they're always intertwined, is in the last maybe five, six, seven years, they've been counted out a few times. Ovechkin's not the player he used to be. He's done. Sidney Crosby, you know what? He's not the player that he was. You know, the concussions have had effect on him. Well, Ovechkin just set a record, for, and he's got 45 goals, and he's going to win the Rocket Richard Trophy again. Sidney Crosby, last I look, was back in the ten, top 10 in scoring again, dragging a team by himself, playing with a couple of guys that most people in the NHL wouldn't know about. That's what separates them 
from just normal stars in the National Hockey League because they do it year after year after year after year. And they set the bar of what the great players in the National Hockey League have to be. Yeah, so Ovechkin, first NHL player to score 45 goals in 10 different seasons. He'd been tied with Gretzky and Mike Bossy, who did it nine times each. And, and again, to bring this back to the Oilers, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl is five goals behind Ovechkin. <laughs> Who's having an incredible year. I mean, yeah. Leon is having an outstanding season. He has an outside chance, and I would not count him out, of scoring 50 goals in a, in a in an era where you don't see a lot of 50 goal scorers, so uh, it's good on him. If he if he's a 50 goal scorer this year, the other's chances of making the playoffs get a little bit better. McDavid's at 33 goals, so obviously a great chance for him to get to 40 again. He uh, he got there as well. Nuge is at at 20, so I'm sure he'll get a few more along the way. Those those guys have been been doing it. They're gonna need. They have not whoever, been the issue. They're gonna need whoever: Josh Curry, Sam Gagne, Alex Chason. Luch, who actually thought had a good game. Luch did. Uh, he did. He's played better as late, and Hitch has talked about it. But the one thing about having the Currys, the Caves, uh, the Chasons, the Gagnes, players like that on your on your team right now, they're playing desperate. And it's not just the desperation they're playing to be a playoff team. They're desperate to have a spot in the National Hockey League in the next game and then certainly in the next season. So their desperation level is through the roof, and they don't want the season to end. Because if this season ends and they don't make the playoffs... Cave might not be in the NHL again. Uh, uh, Curry might not be. I mean, Sam Gagne. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Because if, if this team doesn't make the playoffs and a new GM comes in, there's going to be a lot of changes. Yeah. If this team makes the playoffs and goes on a run, well, all of a sudden a new GM comes, well, I really like the way Cave played down the stretch. Or look what that Curry gave us. Those are the type of things these players are playing for. All right, the Oilers take it 4-0 this afternoon over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Cassie and Curry, Dreisaitl and Chase on getting the goals. Three points for Dreisaitl, three points for McDavid. Koskinen, a 30-save shutout. You can get more on 630Ched.com. The Oilers wrap up their five-game road trip Monday in Buffalo. We have it for you here on 630Ched. 3.30 face-off show, and the puck will drop at 5. Thanks to Patrick Bauer and Dustin Kaufman, who are our studio producers this afternoon. Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Take care.